idiot. I'm doing very well, Jen. Is it just going to be me or you or Eli and Zach going to pop in? Yeah, they'll talk every once in a while. But... <laughs> <laughs> he was already here. It happened right away. It kind of, well, we're used to you atta- attacking us, so. Yeah. Sorry. Look at <laughs> Let's just put it this way. Who do you see as the quarterback week one for the Green Bay Packers? I see. Welcome in, everybody, to the newest edition of Open Book here on Game On Wisconsin. As the title says, Packers currently leading the NFC. Always a great feeling. Uh, but before we jump into the Packers, we obviously got to go around go around the room, see how everybody's doing, maybe talk some fantasy football. Definitely going to be some trash talk on this show, as you'll see. Zach, not so much. Zach's sitting back and relaxing. But... Uh, Jen, how are you doing? How are you recovering from, you know, being at the game on Sunday? We got to hear some of those uh, in-person experiences because you could not have picked a better and more exciting game. Thank you, Chris. (laughs) Better exciting game to go to than Sunday night. Yeah, I mean, I love Sunday night games at Lambeau versus the Bears. I went to the one, the my knee one. So I was like, I know this one's going to be a good one. I bought these tickets, I think, before the season even started. So I just knew it was going to be a good one. I didn't think that I was going to have like heart palpitations within the first five minutes of the game, but things obviously started to turn the other way. Russell Douglas comes in and a lot happened in my end zone. I actually had, um, I bought Andy Herman's season tickets for that game. So I was sitting in his section, which is the North end zone. So I got to see Lazard, I think Devante twice, the Russell pick six. So there was a lot happening. And luckily a lot of the bear stuff was happening as far away as possible. And yep, I did get to see Kurt Benkert. I did rock my jersey, which you couldn't see it for most of the game because it was under like seven layers of clothing. But no, it was a great game to be at. And the environment is always so fun. And there was no snow, but it was still cold. And I love that. I love cold games at Lambeau. I know, Eli, we went to the one in August. And I don't like sweating when I'm at a football game. I like to be bundled up with my mittens and my bibs and my jacket. I don't like sweating in those bleachers. So this is my kind of environment for football. And I know Cole, who decided to never show up in our chat anymore. Um, you know, those kids who aren't from the Midwest are complaining about being cold. And yeah. I was totally fine. So, no, it was a lot of fun. Um, you know, there's a lot of nonsense happening. But it, it's fun to see the Packers put up 40-plus on the Bears. Yeah, I believe it was our first 40-burger of the season. <laughs> Yeah, Jen's going hipster on us, uh, but Zach, how are you doing? How's how's your week been? How did you looking like? I don't know what that means. Guido, um, Guido, like you, you know, you're a, like Guido. one of those Italian dudes. You ever seen Jersey Shore? Oh no, I haven't, but they make reference to it, and of course, my favorite show, Always Sunny in Philadelphia. They do like to bring them up at times, but uh, Zach taking in Sunday night's game and everything else going on, you know. Jen, you bring up the weather. I think it's colder here in California than it is in the Midwest right now. So Yeah, we're getting funky weather today, though. I mean, I was telling the guys when I was on I was on Lombardi's bar like 15 minutes ago, and there's a good chance that I lose power sometime during this show. We've got really strong winds. It's raining. I couldn't see anytime I drove anywhere today because the fog was really bad, but it's like 50-some degrees right now, so... I think that we swapped weather on accident. I would rather have that 30 degrees and snow than whatever December weather this is. 
Yeah. I was actually weird. loving it this morning. I left for work this morning and it was 36 degrees. And I was like, oh, wow. That's this the temperature is... it was at Lambo at kickoff. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. I fin. What do you mean I'm on top? Is my, can you see me? Like, am I, am I good? <laughs> I mean, it's you. really grainy, but. <laughs> can we at least give me some props for having good Wi Fi this week? Wow, one yeah, out of like the first time in like two months. Year. Yeah, well, congrats. You know, I found that I knew this will be my weekly spot for the show, so we're gonna be good to go. Okay, go. I'm I'm gonna leave, swap my Wi-Fi, and then I'm gonna come back. This is gonna we be fixed. See you in a moment. Okay, on my life, this is gonna be fixed. <laughs> okay, guess we'll see on Zach's life if this works. Well, while Zach's gone, kind of like he's gone in the open book fantasy football league playoffs, such an like me, Jen, and Andrew, uh, we all made the playoffs. We're here, pop Andrew people. in for a second. Yeah, I Andrew, know he's been, in here. Andrew's been yeah. shit talking all week about fantasy football. You can't, you can't really see me that well, but Jen, I think it's war. I think it's war today. We had it. We had a pretty good battle, though. I'll say it. We 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 were we were going back and forth. James Conner almost had me shit in bricks. Well, oh, you just the way he was playing, I was like, "Well, Cooper Cup's got to keep playing well." And thankfully, AJ Wait, have, Green went off. Do you have Connor so. and Cup? What was that? Do you have Connor and Cup? No, you have oh, James Conner. You have Conner. Okay. Well, I was I'm like, saying wait, you were having me shit bricks because James Conner was going off. I know. I have. I had Cooper Cup. Oh, and AJ Green had his best year of the season. And I was a mastermind because I picked up Amon Ra St. Brown, who had one of his best weeks. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with my team right now. I know. Uh, I know Ben was talking about. Thank God I don't have uh calvin ridley playing yeah. well or not playing at all but even when he was playing he wasn't playing the greatest so that was the biggest draft fuck up i had in this <laughs> league was getting calvin ridley as my top receiver yeah well you could never have seen uh his season kind yeah. of going the way it did oh, I'll, I'll see myself <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I leave for a couple seconds and that's who you replace me with well, Are you kidding me? Well, no, well eli started shit talking you as soon as you left so, what did he say? What would you say? He's like, oh, Zach is gone, just like he is in playoffs. So, <laughs> got him, got him. I can't even. I can't defend myself. You know, I, I. It was a shitty season. My players got hurt, and like, I just, it went down the drain so fast. I won that first game against you. I was one to zero. I was feeling <laughs> You're so good. You're two against me, actually. Well, this at the beginning. I mean, I beat you in that first game, and then I lost like seven straight. I'm just, I'm, I'm in hell. I'm like, I'm being tortured by fantasy football. Thankfully. In my other league that I'm definitely telling the truth about, unlike Jen, uh, I, I am I'm in, I'm in the playoffs and I'm like I have like one of the best records. So hey, in my yeah. other league, I was losing. I because I was driving to Green Bay, didn't realize Waller was out, didn't even have a tight end play, and Connor and Cup came in clutch for me, and I won. So I'm still the number one seed. Well, in my so made up league, but in it's this, it's a shame that. Yeah, it's a, it's a shame none of those things ever happened. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I even, when I was in Green Bay, I stayed at one of my friend's house who is in that league, and I was like, I could have you go on, but you would never vouch for me. He's like, yeah. oh, absolutely not. Yeah, would never absolutely. tell anybody that I know you. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, I did you... I did sneak my way into this playoff, so time to run the table. The total. Run the table. As the I... <laughs> that is props to Jen. Great team name. Thank you. I will say switching team names midseason, superstitious me, I would never do such a thing. But 
Uh, for anyone outside of the league and everyone watching, me and Jen will be facing off in the first round of the playoffs, which throughout this show we'll have to find a punishment. <sighs> yeah. Exactly. Zach has to yawn. Well, Zach needs to try and win the loser bracket at least. You know, be the yeah. best loser. I will. I'm going to be the toilet bowl champ. Are you kidding me? I'm going to win something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Whoever comes in complete last place will probably have to come on the show and do something extremely uh, embarrassing. But before we dive into the Bears game, as you can see in the comments section, I think most people are here for one reason, and that's Zach's tremendous ad reads of the Artec Venture sponsor that we are so appreciative to have. So before we get to the beer game, Zach, as Andrew so eloquently said, bless our ear holes with this ad. Jeez. Okay. All right. <laughs> time, to start, time to start blessing some holes, okay? okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> This is so stupid. Like the, this is the most overblown stupid thing. Okay, but you know I have an obligation. All right, if I if I appear to be somewhat low energy, I have a fucking throbbing fucking headache. So I said the f word. Sorry about that. Uh, <laughs> we're censored on this show sometimes. Never, never. This show is brought to you by Artec Ventures. The goal at Artec Ventures is to collaborate closely with founders throughout all the investment and fundraising stages, turning their visions into successful companies. Since 2020, Artec Ventures has helped turn great ideas into profitable businesses that make an impact on industries, communities, and beyond. And beyond. There you go. Thank you to I'm our trying staff. to be serious, but you know, apparently Zach using the word throbbing was not <laughs> appropriate wording. I didn't say throbbing. Oh, you said when throbbing. did I say throbbing? No, throbbing I had it. Like... And they and they thought you were gonna say throbbing. Oh <laughs> I did say that. You're right. Yeah. Let's that, word, keep... that word did come out of my mouth. <laughs> oh, it sure did. It sure did. Let's just keep all the throbbing to each to to ourselves, but we're, look, look, we're off to a great start here. The throbbing yeah. and the holes, and I mean, I think we all had a throbbing feeling in all of our holes watching the Packers special teams Monday night. <laughs> what a segue! That was beautiful. You oh got it. You got it. Here. My but, mom watches this show, Eli. Watch well, your language. I'm sorry, but she hasn't heard before. It's fine. Yeah. We've all lived a little bit. Watches sometimes. Look, <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's yeah. Let's keep it a little appropriate. <laughs> Talk about throbbing things in our hole. All right. Well, getting to the game, obviously the Packers take home the W, but I don't see any way to kick it off without let's just getting the negative out of the way first before we could get to the positive, because I always like finishing on a good note. Special teams literally sucked the life out of me watching Sunday night. It was, it was, it was almost not even real. Like I put together at halftime and tweeted a list of things and it was like six or seven huge debacles. And then there were like three or four more in the second half. So Zach watching the game, your initial reaction to it. And then also Matt LaFleur and obviously, you know, three, four days later now, no coaching changes, no real big changes to that unit. What are you thinking? What are you feeling? How, how are this? How is this going to change? Because I have a very terrible feeling in my stomach that this is going to bite us 
at the worst time come January. You started talking about special teams, and I got like a gnarly cramp in my foot. So yeah. <laughs> I was like, "That's how you know." I'm not surprised that they didn't change coach uh, coaches. I mean, uh, <laughs> okay, hey, whoa, Chris, let's take it easy here. Um, I'm not surprised that they didn't change coaches because I mean, the, the Packers have never been one to do things impulsively. You know, they're going to yeah. ride out this storm, whatever it entails. If if you know, something unforeseen happens and they turn that whole unit around right in time for the playoffs and everything works out happily ever after, then, you know, we'll find out. If it goes downhill and special teams begins to cost the Packers games down the stretch here, I mean, no matter what, they're they're a playoff team. Playoff teams don't make coaching changes like like that, you know, on, on a whim. I don't know if it's really just like if it's a matter of like the personnel or if it's the coaching. But after so long, when you're seeing these like the mistakes from players, I mean, even Randall Cobb muffed a punt, yeah. you know, a couple weeks ago. I mean, it's not just it's not just Amari Rogers not being able to you know have that field awareness and know when to field the punt and know you know when to do what. Wait, it's not Taylor. just guys. It's not just guys like you know neglecting the lanes that they're supposed to be taking on on punt coverage. You know, at some point it goes beyond the players and you need to point your finger at where those players are kind of being taught. So I think I think it's I you know, there has to be some kind of internal change. You know, I wasn't a fan of Murray Strayton being promoted. I mean, yeah, he was he spent three seasons as as an assistant special teams coach for the Packers. They opted for an internal hire instead of a completely new, fresh approach. And that immediately was like, you know, I wasn't the biggest fan of that. And at the beginning of the season, we started seeing some of these problems on special teams and it's kind of snowballed into where we are now. I I was preaching, you know, let's just give it some time. You know, it takes time to really bring that unit together and, and, and chase the vision that you want. And we're not seeing those strides yet. If anything, they're going backwards, you know? Yeah. So and now people are kind of being, people are seeing now how important special teams is. It's not just offensive defense. I mean, this is a huge part, a huge phase of the game that is going to win you games and it's going to lose you games. And if it wasn't for Aaron Rodgers, like going God mode against the bears, then they Packers probably would have lost that game because it's the third time in almost 30 years that the bears scored more than 28 points at Lambeau, which is, yeah, I heard that stat after the game and that blew my mind, but Real quick, I mean, you're saying, you know, on a whim, but I mean, let's be real. Is it, is it so much of a whim? I mean, since essentially the Bengals game, which was, I believe, week four, starting with the Mason Crosby issues, and then, I mean, really also, I mean, our punt coverage and kick coverage has been bad, but it's been the whole year, and I do agree with you, an, inter an internal hire from a special teams unit that has been struggling mightily for the last few years to just bring someone from that group and make him the coach. I didn't love it either, but Jen, you were there in person and I'm sure the crowd on special teams, when you have Jakeem Grant going 97 yards and you have Malik Taylor fielding a ball that was on its way out of bounds to put the Packers at the 40 and instead put us at the five, you know, what did, what did you see out there in person? And also what was, what was the energy in the stadium when when they just simply could not get one thing right on special teams outside of, I will say, Mason Crosby looking solid, mostly extra points, but looking solid. Yeah, no, it was at least nice to see Mason Crosby 100% on the day. Um, you know, it's kind of one of those games where it's good to see from him kind of just as his usual self. But yeah, I mean, 
I right in front of me, I see the Malik Taylor and I, I take the picture before I'm like, this is cool. Yeah. And then I was like, then it wasn't cool. Uh, hmm. So yeah, that was rough. I mean, it's like right there. And you know, I can't say a lot of the things that the crowd said, because there was a lot mm-hmm. of censored things, but it was a lot of just, you know, kind of in awe of what's happening. And then it just continued to happen with the, the return. And that also, you know, I see him kind of like, you know, very close, like he should have been down. And then I just watch him run to the complete opposite corner of where I'm sitting. And it was like, people were just like standing there like jaws on the bleachers. It was unbelievable. And it was just kind of like, it was comical almost what we were watching. And then, you know, the muff punt that luckily, um, what was it? Someone ran out of bounds or whatever it was. was Uh, I can't remember what happened exactly where they were able to get it back. But it's like, there was just so much happening where, yeah, it was, you know, we really didn't, the crowd, I, we were all just kind of all over the place because it's just at this point, it's, it's humorous. It's like, I don't understand what you can do to fix this. It's everybody. It's, I mean, there's just no. no... Another get, pin. Get, get his, no, 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 no. Get his comment off the screen. He's not from Brazil. He's, he's my friend, oh. my friend, uh, Behe. He's from Minnesota. He's a Vikings fan. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh. yeah. <laughs> So the, the bad kind of Minnesotan, okay. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean, as Jen said, I mean, this was what I just, this is just the first half. Okay, this is before the second half where they messed up the onside kick and I believe gave up two more big returns on either punt slash kick. But in the first half alone, a 34-yard punt return, a muffed kick by Malik Taylor at the five-yard line, a 40-yard kickoff return. M- Mason Crosby kicked the ball out of bounds on a kickoff, which is – pretty unacceptable 97 yard pun return, which is unheard of. And then a 42 yard kick return a lot. I mean, it's that's, that's one half of football. I just listed seven things that shouldn't really ever happen. It's just at what point, at what point, and, and Zach, I agree. It's not one person. It's not just the personnel. It can't be just the coaching. It it's everybody be, involved. Yeah. It needs point. to be a tear down and a build up. And I know it can't happen mid season, but I do think, at the very least, if they're not going to move on from Drayton this year, fine, whatever. They think, need new returners. I, and I think Molson, I don't know how strong his leg is, but it's got to be stronger than Mason's just by age-wise. Bring him onto the roster and just have him for kickoffs. If we can kick the ball out of the end zone on every kickoff, it's a game changer after what we saw someday, in my opinion. Well, he... He did boot one out of the end zone, and I remember everyone kind of sarcastically cheered, which Jen, I think you can attest yeah. to. Is that true? Yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. He so he he's it's it's like he's capable of. Do, I don't know if it's that he's not capable of doing it consistently anymore because he's getting up there in age. I mean, he's been there for fifteen seasons now. I mean, you shouldn't or, have to rely on your thirty-some-year-old kicker though to make the stops on special teams. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's not even like, right. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. It, it goes I mean, beyond I mean, it's that. it's a strategy at this point to do that, but I mean, it shouldn't have to come to. We need Mason Crosby's leg to be stronger. It's that's what it it's is. embarrassing that they can't make the tackles and that they can't make the stops, and that I have to watch punters and kickers try and make tackles as much as they do. It's, I don't know, I don't know what to say anymore. It's, it, it's yeah. laughable. Somebody sold their soul to watch Packers special teams be as bad as they are. Cause there's really no other explanation when you got guys like Randall Cobb, who are as good as they are also making mistakes. Like there's just some kind of voodoo curse on special teams and I don't know how to fix it. It's, it's an internal, 
like obviously I'm not in the locker room, but there was like an internal philosophy with the coaching or or something that is just spiraling in the worst way and, possible, and it's affecting everybody in that room. Yeah, and it's and to be honest, it's not just this year. I saw on Twitter after the game since 2016, I think the best the Packers have ranked in special teams was 28th in the league, which is just oh, it's, it's year after year after year. Even before that, they haven't had a good special teams unit in like over 10 years. Exactly. I mean, it's just like, it's pathetic. And look, like Jen said, and both of you, I mean, there's not much. And we know the Packers. They're not going to move on from Drayton in week 15, whether it seems like they should or shouldn't. But I do think they definitely need guys who just can simply catch a punt. Just catch the punt, fear catch it, and then call it a day. And we need either Mason or J.J. Molson to kick the ball out of the end zone. And and Bajorquez just punt it out of bounds. I don't care. Even if it's a 10-yard 10, 10 shorter punt, kick it out of bounds. Because if you kick it to someone, there's a good chance they're going to get 20 to 30 yards on a return. Tom Crabtree, that would be nice seeing him out there. But enough with the negative. Let's get to some of the positive. And as Zach said, Aaron Rodgers went, quote-unquote, God mode, Sunday night football, Jen, you got to see it in person. I mean, it wasn't just one or two throws. There was a handful of throws that were of the best of the year. He was so on point with every pass he made. It was incredible to watch. So seeing it in person, what was your takeaway from seeing Rodgers looking like at, at peak, peak Aaron Rodgers throughout the season? Yeah, I mean, offense, obviously off to a slow start, um, both sides. I mean, everybody on the team felt like they were off to a slow start, but it was nice to see things start to click. And then, you know, the EQ touchdown really started to turn things around. And yeah, Aaron Rodgers is just so fun to watch and getting to watch a lot of these guys in person, you know, there's a lot going on and it was fun to just see, you know, DeGuara and Mercedes and Lazard and Adams. It was like, everybody was getting involved. I mean, he's still really wants to hit MVS on those deep balls, still having issues with those. But I mean, everybody was getting involved. And I mean, the environment, maybe like the first quarter wasn't super friendly towards Rogers because he, you know, it took a second to get it going. But obviously, you know, you mock the belt and yeah. you unleash MVP ask Aaron Rodgers and the rest is history. So no, it's always fun to see him light it up like that. And the crowd just goes berserk. And yeah, I mean, to get to watch as many touchdowns as he threw, it was a lot of fun. And, you know, I got, I think, three Rodgers touchdowns in my end zone because I think Jones, he had uh, his were on the other side. So I didn't see any of his. But, no, it's just it's so fun to watch someone like that. And you kind of, you know, there's a difference between watching it like on TV and then actually seeing everything come together in person. And, I mean, there were a lot of flukes, of course. I mean, no, no game is perfect, but he did play a phenomenal game. And I think, you know, it just kind of adds to the rivalry, you know, a Sunday night game versus the bears. And he comes out and plays like that. Um, you know, I think he mentioned things about his toe, but it's like, I don't know, he's playing lights out and he's having fun. And I think that's the biggest thing too, is you can tell when Roger's going to play well based on his attitude and, you know, things like after I saw, I didn't see a lot of things obviously during the game, but I get off and it's like, I see all these videos of him, like hugging the floor and just having a good time. And I think it all just kind of adds to what this season is and why this team is so successful. And I think a lot of it, you know, it's what's happening on the field as well as off the field. So that's just been a lot of fun to see. Yeah, for sure. And you mentioned the Aaron Jones touchdowns on the other side, Zach. I mean, when I first saw the Aaron Jones touchdown throw, not the run, 
I was wondering if maybe that was a design, which would have been incredible. Rogers said afterwards it wasn't while referencing a play in a 2005 preseason game, just to show how insane of a memory and, and just how smart Aaron Rodgers is. But that throw to me was, I think my favorite throw of the game, maybe my favorite play of the game, just to go and the whole play is right. And then he just sees Aaron Jones in the corner of his eye on the left and puts it right. I mean, inches above the guy's hands to get it to Aaron Jones so, Zach, your takeaway from Rodgers' overall performance and throws like that, throws like the one that Lazard he made early in the game, what are your thoughts? Yeah, that play he referenced, it was Brett Favre to Amon Green against the Bills. It was like the opening drive of, of the preseason game in 2005. And I was like, when he was talking about that in his postgame presser and like referencing that play, I was like, what the hell? I can't remember anything I did in 2005. <laughs> I can't remember anything I did yesterday. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, we know that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but yeah, just overall, he played. I mean, and it's like I tweeted today too. I mean, that was like he has made so many throws this season where the ball is literally like centimeters from a defender's yeah. fingertips. And it's like the most I, someone brought up a comment to me where it's like, you know, it has to, it has to be luck, you know, that he's able to, that he's been doing that. And I'm like, I wouldn't put it past Aaron Rodgers of all people if he like literally studies. Like the upcoming defenses, like verticals, you know, yeah. and how high they, they could, you know, they can hand reach. And he just and knows, yeah, like hand size and, you know, width or like wingspan. And yeah, and I'm like, you know, it's happened so many times throughout the years that I just, I don't think it's like a coincidence. I don't think it's luck. Like he knows what he's doing, he knows exactly where he wants to put that football. And it's just, it's, it's unbelievable. Like his last three games, you know, he's dealing with his toe injury and, you know, he's kind of hindered by that. And he has 1,054 total yards and 11 total touchdowns. And yeah. it's just, it, it, it's ridiculous. You know, he's he's kind of, he's heating up that MVP campaign. And there's so many people right now in, in that conversation for, for MVP. And there's Jonathan Taylor, there's Kyler Murray, and, you know, Tom Brady even. But, you know, I think out of that list of names, which there is more, Aaron Rodgers is kind of is kind of leading them all. Like, there's no one obvious front runner, but I mean, I know this is a Packers show, and we're all Packers people and stuff. But I mean, like, it's hard to ignore how well he's been playing. You know, in mm-hmm. spite of the toe injury, in spite of not having two of his best offensive linemen, now no Billy Turner for likely, possibly for the rest of the season. Lafleur is hopeful that they'll have him back, but you know, like that whole offensive line is like falling apart in front of him before his very eyes, and he's still playing at this insane, otherworldly level. You know, yeah. it's just, it's, it's remarkable. Yeah. yeah it's a him. lot of trusting the guys in front of you for sure. Yeah. I mean, other trusting that they're going to protect you and that they're going to catch those balls. Cause I mean, as a receiver, you have to think like, if it's that close to being tipped, that's also a lot of mental stuff. Just knowing like, Hey, this ball's coming at me. I got to catch it. And I mean, I feel like that would throw me off a little bit if I saw someone's hand right there. So for them to be also be able to make those catches on, you know, the tight windows, that's huge. And the offensive line to be able to, you know, whatever they're putting together, whatever puzzle it is that week and being able to continue to protect Rogers. Obviously he, he went down a few times, but I mean, <laughs> sorry, Eli, you can talk if you want to <laughs> just. No, uh, definitely better when you do than me, but I just, uh, to say, uh, yeah, to, uh, follow up on your point, Aaron Jones, like, Alan Lazard made an incredible catch on that early throw right over the guy's fingertips. But 
for a running back and Aaron Jones on his touchdown throw catch to make that catch because it is true. Like even if the ball's not tipped or there's not a defender coming to hit you, when there's someone right in front of you and you lose vision of that ball for a second and you think it's going to be tipped and all of a sudden it's there for Aaron Jones to make that catch as a running back, it just shows how talented he is. And again, as I say, basically every week, and I think the first quarter when they started slowly and it was driving me nuts and it drives me nuts almost every week this year, because we've been starting slow every week, run the ball. It's like, it's just so obvious to me when you have Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon, why is it not pound the ball, pound the ball. You set up the pass off the run. I don't understand why LaFleur, it takes him a quarter and a half at least to start really committing to the run. And it's, it's, it's late enough in the year where it's, it's starting to drive me insane. Like it really, it doesn't make sense to me, but yeah, Overall. the crowd the crowd was kind of laughing while you're on the running back topic. I think it was to open the third quarter on that opening possession at half where it's, you know, A.J. Dillon basically runs it the entire way and then Aaron Jones gets the touchdown. So we're kind of laughing at that in our little section, like, you know, A.J. Dillon did all the work, but Aaron Jones gets the credit at the end. So we're kind of like, oh, we should have just had A.J. Dillon finish off the drive, but it is what it is. And well, I will say in your little section, your little click in my little section. <laughs> yeah. You become like best friends with the people sitting around you. The guy in front of me, every time something wasn't going well, he's like, all right, it's time. And he would take a shirt off. And it was just, <laughs> I mean, it, it worked. And his girlfriend was like slapping his stomach for good luck. It, it gets wild there. I mean, Gotta yeah, get back Lambo. to Lambo. Lambo's a great environment, but Jen, you bring up the shirt, and I, I put this on just, I mean, either way I'd wear it, but at halftime, the Packers were trailing. It was not the best vibe. A little bit of nerves. Threw on this shirt. Next thing you know, Packers run away with the game. So I'm just going to say it. Clearly, there's, you know, the I mean, Isolonia shirt has To problems. be fair, the Packers have never lost when I've been in attendance, so I wow. kind of take credit for it. They've never lost when I've been in attendance either. Well, like oh, wait, actually, no, wait, no, never mind. Yeah. 49ers smacked the shit out of them. <laughs> Sorry. Well, I, one and one. I had the honor of being at the unmentionable Thanksgiving 2015 game, which still hurts me to my core uh, when they lost that game. I'm not, I'm not fully recovered from it. But uh, yeah, this one. Weird game, a lot of ups and downs, but I don't know about you two. I never truly felt like they were actually going to lose. It was just very annoying. It was just very frustrating to see that they can't put together four quarters of solid football in all three phases. And the offense and defense doesn't overly worry me, but just last point, you know, in terms of special teams, like they really, really need to figure it out because at the end of the day, it could easily cost them a playoff game and cost them the season. If you can't block, you know, if you can't stop someone on a punt return, or if you can't kick a field goal, or if you're kicking the ball out of bounds on a kickoff. And in my, my opinion, one of the worst is just Malik Taylor. You've been playing football your whole life. Why the hell are you touching the ball when it is so clearly going out of bounds, costing the Packers 35 yards of field position makes no sense to me. Very frustrating. Yeah, that was a very, very weird bonehead play. And um, it was like, it looked last second too. Like, yeah, she didn't intend to do it until the very end. Yeah, it was like it was, impulsive almost. Yeah, yeah. Very clearly just like, just a mental error that I'm sure he, he, he regrets. I don't think, I don't think the perfect four quarters of football exists. I think you're always going to have these kinds of problems and you're always going to have to figure out 
things to like navigate through. And I mean, the Packers, when, when problems happen, when special teams went to shit, they figured things out. They patched it up in the second half. They had, I think it was like one blunder in the second half. And that was Marquez Valdez Scantling trying to recover the onside kick. That was really it. Like that whole first half was just a mess, but they, they cleaned it up. They adjusted and, you, you know, they navigated those, those murky waters, yeah. you know, they, um, go ahead. Eli. No, I was just going to say, like you said, I mean, they really did the kickoff coverage because we were scoring so many touchdowns. It did look a lot better. Like guys were there and we did have the force fumble, which nearly turned into a turnover. We didn't get it. Henry black coming in on that play. Um, <laughs> Oh, Andrew. Okay. OJ relax. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Zach, finish your point. I was just going to say that. Yeah. It, it, I just think the floor as it's kind of like a king of halftime adjustments. Like we've seen some slow starts this year come out in the third quarter and it's like a different team, but uh, yeah, finish your points. No, I was just, I was, I was going to agree with you. Like I didn't think at no point did I feel like the game was in jeopardy. Like the Packers were going to lose that game, you know, and it's against the bears. So, you know, it's something's going to go wrong on their end too. Like they're not going to, again, back to my point, like the perfect four quarters of football doesn't exist. And even more so when it concerns the bears, I, mean, I don't think the perfect half of football yeah. exists for them. So, quarter, but we'll go with half. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, eventually things are going to kind of kind of fall apart. And I mean, you saw the Packers fight their way back into that game, and they pulled away. So. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, just about, uh, as, it's about conquering conquering those conquering those mistakes and you know responding to that adversity. Yeah, and that that's that's a big point that I really and and I and I tweeted about it that this team even when things look like they're going real bad, it doesn't seem to phase anyone. Like a lot of other teams could have folded after what happened with all the special teams crap in the first half. And they came back as if it never happened. And they just played a very solid second half, came out and won the game. And as true North Packer fans said, number one in the NFL, number one in the NFC, lot to be happy about. And I do want to mention it again, you know, Razul Douglas, I mean, Zach, obviously, I know you're, you're maybe his, his biggest fan, but it's it's unbelievable. It is unbelievable the impact he is making. And it's not just the pick sixes, which is obviously great, but it's it's the pass breakups, the coverage. He's been incredible. And then Eric Stokes, he didn't hear his name all night, and that's a good thing because he was Darnell Mooney and Allen Robinson, non-factors. Non-factors, and Eric Stokes is a big part of that. So, Zach, you know, obviously we still are hoping for Jair to come back. But looking at the com- the combination of Douglas and Stokes, and then obviously you have two great safeties, you got to feel pretty good about the secondary right now. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, I mean, we say this every week. We kind of try to figure out what that combination is going to look like. I still think the best the best route they could take is, is plugging Jair into the slot and, you know, trusting him trusting him in that role, trusting him to be able to come down and make tackles and play in the run game. But, um, and that sucks. That sucks to say, because Shannon Sullivan's coming off of what was probably like his best game of the season. I think he was targeted, yeah. like, he was targeted five times, allowed one catch for six yards. And he had that interception too. It was a, it was a cool uh, pick. Well, it was, I thought he was going to drop it. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, it's, it's hard. You have so many corner cornerbacks right now. Like it's just such a luxury, you know, they don't yeah. know what the hell they're going to do in that secondary, but yeah, you know, like you said about Rasul, I mean, he's just been like that's just been an incredible story. I mean, he I'm gonna recite what I tweeted the other day. Uh he, you know, they signed him off the Cardinals practice squad on October 6th. He plays in his first game on October 17th. 
And then October 28th, he makes that game-winning interception in Arizona against that Cardinals team and gave the Packers the edge in that tiebreaker because both the Packers and the Cardinals are 10-3 and right now. And if they win out, if both teams win out, I mean, that that tiebreaker is going to come down to Rasul Douglas's interception. So it's just, it's crazy how things ended up working out and, you know, how Brian Gutekinds and his guys kind of just pinpointed him. They pinpointed yeah. him and they said, hey, this guy's going to help us right now. We just lost Jair uh, against the Steelers and we don't know when he's going to be back. So let's bring in this guy. Let's hope for the best. He's experienced. He has some time in Philadelphia. He was on that Super Bowl winning team in 2017. You know, let's see what he can do. And he has yeah. been just, he's been a godsend, man, for this secondary. Literally. I mean, it's never just, it's never just one guy. That that fixes an entire unit. Obviously, everything plays into that. But I mean, like he he has held up his end of the freaking bargain. When you have another corner opposite your rookie first round pick that is playing, who Eric Stokes is playing extremely well. But when you get a guy across from him, not named Jair Alexander, that is still playing as good, if not better. I mean, that's that's like ridiculous. That's yeah. uh, that's unheard of, you know, for most teams. And the Packers got this guy mid season. Yeah, off a practice squad. And then that's that's the crazy thing is that, you know, just much like Devondre Campbell, who had a season high 16 tackles, which is crazy Sunday night, but coming off really of the is, COVID list. Yeah, right. Coming off coming off of COVID, coming out and playing is maybe best game of the year. But seeing that the Packers are and, and Goody being able to find, you know, these diamonds in the rough, as they say, and plugging them in and making huge impacts. And I, I'm sure you guys saw or I don't know, but Aaron Rodgers, you know, on the McAfee show this week, kind of mentioning that it seems like he has been giving input on a lot of these signings as he kept bringing up guys they're bringing in and the impact they've had. And I do think that, you know, I don't, I, obviously none of us know for sure, but if Aaron Rodgers has been involved in any of those discussions, that obviously bodes well, in my opinion, for Aaron Rodgers' future in Green Bay but let's 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 talk about this right here, uh, Billy Turner. Yeah, I don't, don't want to talk about Razul or anything. But oh, Jen, I mean, well, the, real quick, because I think a pick six is maybe the most exciting play. No, I was gonna say that I think that the pick six really changed the tone of the defense because they weren't off to a hot start. They were struggling a lot, and then that happens, and you could just really see the shift in things and. You know, Razul obviously sticks out, but it was fun watching Campbell. Um, he's really easy to find. His hair is flying all over the place, and it's awesome to see him playing person. And also Preston Smith was a lot of fun to see. He had a really good game. Um, and I think, you know, you just kind of think about how he took a pay cut to stay here yeah. and how big of an impact he's had. So there's a lot of key guys on defense who that's kind of that's what's important is everybody doing their job and that's what's working. You got Rasul coming in as the new guy making an impact that he has. And then you've got guys taking pay cuts to play on a winning team and, you know, outperforming in their role. And then you get Campbell out here who has become a true leader for this defense out there. And it's just all coming together so nicely. And even when they have that slow start, I think, you know, I didn't get to see too much about what was said at halftime, but I think Preston Smith had some words. Yeah. Um that kind of got them fired up a little bit. So it was nice to see, you know, you have so many different guys who can be leaders on this team and a lot of them who haven't even been here for a full season. So I think that's been a huge impact. And now that the offense is really starting to click and you've got a lot of your pieces aside from the offensive line, it's really going to make for a fun, you know, next month of football. Yeah, for sure. And then Preston Smith to continue what you're saying like he's not because we've all been seeing Rashawn Gary really finally become dominant. 
But Preston has been incredible, just consistently forcing pressure. And there were times, and look, Justin Fields, he's an elusive quarterback, and you got to give him that credit. So, you know, some sacks that maybe should have been sacks that weren't. But the fact that Preston Smith has looked, he just it looks like no tackle can stop him. He's just so strong. He's just pushing tackles into their quarterback week after week versus Stafford, strip sack fumble, huge play. Versus, uh, actually, no, that was actually Gary. I'm sorry. But this week, the strip sack fumble was a huge momentum changer. And then Rashawn Gary, you know, had with good hands to pick up a bouncing ball, get that fumble. But loving what I'm seeing out of Preston Smith. And now to get back to this real quick, to have Dennis Kelly as like your third or fourth guy, like we have so many injuries on the offensive line. Actually, he's healthy now. Yeah, finally he's healthy. Oh my gosh, I don't know what they would have done if Dennis Kelly wasn't healthy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but he's just, he's been, I mean, to have him come in and he played great. And overall, if, if let's just say, at least for the regular season, there's no more Billy Turner. Hopefully we got him back for the playoffs. Uh, seeing how he performed Sunday night, Zach, how do you feel about Kelly at right tackle? And then we're going to get to left tackle right after this. We obviously have some stuff to talk about that as well. I mean, I feel... I think it's still fine. I mean, even if you have to kind of navigate the rest of the season and go into the playoffs without Billy Turner, you're you're at least getting David Bakhtiari back. Fingers yeah. crossed. Uh, and you're still you're going to have this seasoned veteran who started 16 games last year at, at right tackle. Like this is what they brought him in for. You know, yeah. he's, he's he can play either side. He's a swing tackle. And you know, like I said, this is why they signed a guy like him for these dire circumstances. I mean, they're they're in dire circumstances right now. I mean, you don't have yeah. no Bakhtiari, no Jenkins, now no Turner. I mean, you have a, a second-year guy, a left guard. You have Lucas Patrick at center, which really, I mean, he's not a liability or anything. But you know, I, exactly. I don't know how to feel between I don't know how to feel between him and Josh Myers. I don't know. I really yeah. can't tell you which one is better at this point. But and then you have Royce Newman, who last couple of games he's actually played relatively well uh, after a really rough start to the season, but. Yeah, I think having a guy like Dennis Kelly who has all that experience, he 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 know he knows what he's doing pretty much. Like he's not going to flinch. He's seen he's seen all this shit before. You know, yeah. he's stepping into that spot. He's protecting Aaron Rodgers, and I mean that's the best possible kind of like you know break glass in case of emergency kind of scenario that you can have there. You know, and yeah, yeah. and like Lafleur said too, he he was I think he was. Uh, Oh no, he graded really well. He wasn't their highest graded lineman or anything, but he graded really well. And for a guy to come in his first action of the season and, and apparently grade really well under those circumstances against that defensive front, I mean that's that's incredible. Yeah, it's it's great to see him. Like you said, I mean, I don't know how many other teams and specifically quarterbacks like to feel confident when you have a patchwork offensive line with what you said. You know, with with with. Yash playing at left tackle, injured at right tackle. You have a rookie at right guard, second-year player at left guard, Lucas Patrick at center after losing Josh Myers. And Aaron Rodgers, to him, it's just like, all right, business as usual. I'm going to go out there and do my job. But now that we brought up Josh Myers, any update? I, I feel like I've seen some stuff. He might come back. He might not. Either of you seen anything that would give us reason to believe he'll be back this year? I saw, didn't they just sign a center off a practice squad? Off of Cardinals Mennett, practice Mennett, squad. Mike Mennett, maybe? Um, I yeah, thought, I was waiting for Zach to confirm that. 
No, they did. <laughs> they just no, like, they, I'm going to sit back center. and like, let you guys figure it out. <laughs> yeah. They did sign a center today. I, I can't remember. I can't remember his name for the life of me. But they his did last sign. name is Menit. I forgot his first. I think it's Mike or Chris Menit. Um, but I, I do hope Myers can come, come back. But like Zach said, I don't, I don't see Lucas Patrick as a major liability. Is he a Corey Lindsley? No, but he's not a major liability. And just overall, in terms of, like we said, just in that game, but the whole season, I think the team has a, has a toughness and resiliency that we have not seen the Packers have in a long time. Just they're, they're out there. They could win defensive battles. They could win shootouts. And they could win everything in between. And it's really great to see. And speaking of winning what could be, you know, a tough game, we got we got to preview a little bit this upcoming game against the Baltimore Ravens, a good team with obviously a very mobile quarterback. Might be a bit limited. I mean, let's just say assuming Lamar plays, which I expect him to, but he did hurt his ankle on Sunday. So going up against yet another mobile quarterback, good team, good defense, Jen, what are your thoughts going into this Ravens game? We'll get to the score predictions later, but just general feelings. And let's let's go with the assumption Lamar's playing. How do you think this defense holds up against the most athletic and, and mobile quarterback the league has seen probably since Michael Vick? Yeah, I mean, what was kind of frustrating to watch against Fields was, you know, just against this Bears offense, nobody containing the outside. And they were really taking advantage of that. So that was really frustrating. So if Lamar Jackson is healthy and he can run around like that, if they get out on the outside, they've got to figure out a way to stop that because that's where I felt they did the most damage in the run game. Um, so I think that's going to kind of be the the point of defense, you know, where they can make it a, a defensive stop versus letting them run all over you. Because there wasn't as much up the middle I saw from the Bears it was just a lot of, you know, every time you saw him go outside, you're like, oh, man, here they go. They're going to get like five, six yards every play. So I think as long as they can kind of scheme up something in that regard, then that could be huge to kind of getting an early jump on defense and getting those stops. Yeah, it was frustrating to me that it felt like, I, you know, when you play mobile quarterback, the logical thing to do is to have a spy on him as much as you can. And it didn't seem like the Packers defense had that a lot with fields where there were times where it was wide open for 15, 20 yards. And it's like, what the hell is going on here? Zach, what did you see from, from Joe Barry's defense and why there was no spy as much as there should have been, in my opinion? I think you just let you kind of let Justin Fields for the most part, kind of just do what he's going to do with his legs and hope that your defense is able to rally, rally to the ball, rally to him. And and prevent him from you know ripping off more chunks of yardage, which I think they did in the second half for the most part. But uh, you know, the prior priority number one is limiting what he does through the air. You know, sh- shutting off that passing attack. If he if he starts killing you with his legs, then you adjust to that, and you kind of just you know at, at some point you're gonna have to bite the bullet and kind of like choose between the lesser of two evils. You know, you don't want yeah. him to beat you through the air. If he takes off and and, and runs, you have guys in your defense that are going to be able to, to to rally to him so i think that's going to be the biggest thing uh like you guys like you guys mentioned with lamar jackson i mean what whether it's going to be jackson i know we're operating under the the assumption that lamar jackson plays but whether it's going to be him or whether it's going to be tyler huntley that running game overall is going to be a problem and i and i i mentioned this months ago that's going to be a major issue and as jen mentioned too the packers were terrible early in the in the game against the bears sunday night at setting the edge 
they were get they were just gashing this defense on the edges towards the sideline. Guys weren't weren't like I said, setting the edges. I know it's such an overused phrase, but I mean it's true. They didn't have anybody really attacking uh attacking to the outside. So you know the Ravens, I feel like do a lot of their work in the middle. They do a lot of their work in the running games straight up the gut. You know, they you know, that whole offense is built to run the football. You know, it doesn't matter if it's you know, when they were healthy, when it was J.K. Dobbins or Gus Edwards, it, it didn't matter. You know, they are built to run the football and they're built to operate around Lamar Jackson's strengths. And sometimes it comes as a runner. I think he's he's a obviously he's so much better of a runner than he is a passer. Okay. And I'm not I'm not putting myself in the in the group that says, Oh, well, he's a wide receiver. <laughs> Lamar Jackson's a running back. <laughs> you know, I'm not putting myself in that in that category. But he's a lot. He's a lot more mobile. You know, more prone to attacking your defense and just ripping you to shreds with his legs. Uh, screw you, Andrew. Um, so, <laughs> you know, that's where the focus needs to be. Unlike what it yeah. was against Justin Fields and cutting off what he does in the passing game. I mean, yeah, the Ravens can beat you through the air, but I mean, Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson is going to be so much more of a problem with his legs. I mean, whether it's gonna, whether he's he healthy, hundred percent, or whether he's operating at sixty. You know, he's going yeah, exactly. to be an issue. Yeah, no, I think I think there needs to just be whether it's Campbell or you want to put a safety, whether that's Henry Black or Amos or Savage. Someone needs to just and it's hard to dedicate a, per, a player to the quarterback running because you need all players out there. But that's a huge, huge, huge part of their offense. So I think they need to have a spy on him at all times. You cover you cover Hollywood Brown over the top. You make sure Mark Andrews doesn't kill you. And I think you can really limit that offense. So looking at the game overall, uh, it's in Green Bay, right? No. No. Oh, shit. That's tough. Okay. I don't know why I thought it was. But no. Oh, the Browns game. Cleveland. Browns game. Yeah. yeah. I missed them up. But, He's changing his score projection as we speak. No. But it, look, it, it should be a very good game. I think it's going to be a very – not low scoring, but more of like a tough battle it out kind of game. And uh, Zach just alluded to it. Let's get to our score predictions. Uh, Jen, why don't you kick us off with how you see? And again, let's go with the assumption Lamar is playing. Whatever percentage of health he's at, we don't know. But how do you uh, how do you see this game going for the Packers? Yeah, I mean, like you just mentioned, they're on the road against uh, Baltimore and. I can't remember who it was in the chat just said, you know, we have no idea if these AFC North teams are good or not because every week is something different that we're seeing from them and we have them in back-to-back weeks. So yes, thank you. True North Packers fan. Um, So we really have no idea what version of the Ravens we could be seeing in this home game. I do think that it'll be a little bit closer. I am still seeing a double digit win. I'm going to say 27, 17. Um, Yeah. I think that it's just, this team, we really don't know from what we're seeing. There's just so many different ways that the Ravens are playing. And I mean, it could really, we could see a completely different team than we've seen from them all year. So hopefully the Packers can just kind of put their nose down do their thing and get the job done. But I do see this one being a little bit closer, especially on the road in Baltimore. Yeah. I hear that Zach. How about you? I got green Bay 23 to 17. Um, you know, yeah, the AFC is just such like an enigma right now. I mean, you have multiple teams at eight and four. You have even more teams at seven and six. As I'm going off my memory here, but 
Yeah, it's it's insane. So I really don't know what to make of the Ravens. I just know they're a very good running football team. And it, I feel like traditionally they've had a good defense like for the last like yeah. 20, 20 plus years. I mean, they have been a very stout defense in like every phase. And they also have one of the best, if not the best special teams group uh, unit in the league. They're they're like the anti-Packers. They're the complete polar opposite. They know what the hell they're doing. Uh, but I think I think the Packers ultimately they they pull away with this one. I don't have any hard hit analysis on why or how they're going to do that, but I I think they're going to win this. This is like yeah. a giant question mark game of what we're actually going to see. Yeah, no, there's, there's you a just, lot. You just don't know. You know, it's not like you watch some teams and it's like you think, oh, if you're watching the Colts, you know to stop JT or whatever game. You know, it's what what do you do against this team and what <laughs> the enigma? Yeah. But I mean, yeah, you really no, don't I've, know I've, what you're getting. And, you know, I've seen, I've watched a couple of Ravens games and it's like one week I'm watching one team and the next week I'm watching another and you just have no idea what to expect from them. So you just kind of got to hope that we're going to see the Packers that we know and they're going to be able to stop them like they have majority of everyone else. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you guys. Sorry. <laughs> Games like this where you think they're going to be low scoring, kind of like, you know, defensive slugfests, they end up in like 38 to 34 or yeah. some 45 to like 30 that. game. Yeah, 45 oh, yeah, to like 30. 45 to 30. When we at the very beginning, who is it that tweeted? Oh, it was Tom Crabtree, our boy Tom yeah, Crabtree. At, at halftime. Yeah, your classic old Bears Packers, you know, defensive battle, blah, blah, blah. And then at halftime in got, our little group chat, he's like, let's disregard all those score predictions yeah. <laughs> yeah i remember that yeah yeah and it, i mean it was like he got he got um old takes exposed actually i think yeah which speaking of old takes exposed when benker you know obviously he suited up for his first oh. ever nfl game oh. which was amazing and he did get to go out there and take the victory formation and take that knee and with taking that knee, he also dunked on Florio, who said he'd never see the field. So double win for Kurt Benkert. Awesome moment. So I just need to bring yeah. that up because it was a lot of fun to get him get to yeah. see him go out there and you know do his uh, thing. Yeah. And Rogers yeah. being the good teammate that people say he's not, making sure that he got that that kneel down. So a lot of good things happening in that game. So those little extra like those sprinkles on top of the victory Sunday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm yeah. Just Can you hear that? That <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just lagged out at the worst time. <laughs> right when you're making your point, you just froze. <laughs> it was like yeah. like your internet was censoring you. We didn't hear anything. You just <laughs> that's probably for the best because I I I mean I'll say well, it again. I'll see what we're gonna say. No, if it was something against Florio. Mike Florio, please say it. <laughs> okay, there you go. <laughs> yeah, Florio, you can go and uh, yeah. Go, go just you wanna, go. You want to finish the sentence? <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. But just Do stop it. talking. No one wants to hear it. It's honestly one of the more pathetic. He can uh, go suck it. There you go, Andrew. He can go suck it, Florio. This guy think yeah. he's Triple H for something? Jesus Christ, <laughs> Eli. Eli, let's, yeah. <laughs> Eli, let's get to your um, score prediction. I cut yeah, you off. Score prediction, real quick. So, like both of you, I do think it will be a bit lower scoring. I'm going to go 27 to 20 Packers. I think it'll be a bit back and forth, but the Packers will kind of control it, whether Lamar plays or not. And I'm just confident in this team. And more importantly, I'm confident in the, in the defense to actually, 
before the season, looking at the Ravens game, I was thinking in my head about Colin Kaepernick and 200 yards rushing. Today, not as nervous about it. So I'm going to go 27-20. Packers win, continue to uh, play good football against good teams and keep the number one seed in the NFC, number one record in the NFL, which we love to see. And for everyone who tuned in tonight, we always appreciate it. You guys are the best. And before we head out, make sure to follow and subscribe on you at Game on Wisconsin. Follow Game on Wisconsin on Twitter at Game on WI. You can find Jen on Twitter at Big Mac underscore four. You can find Zach at it's Zachariah J. Great article this week about fart smelling Lay's potato chips. Love to Zach. <laughs> Thank and you. You can We're find me at Book of Eli, Book of Eli underscore NFL. Once again, everyone out there, we appreciate you for watching. And here's a quick uh, ad for the Freezer podcast here on Game on Wisconsin, another show you got to tune in for every single week. And we'll see you next week at 11 to 3, everybody. Go pack. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Sanjay from the Fuser Podcast. With me is Fred and Matt, and we are always here on Mondays at 7 p.m., right before Monday Night Football. So come check us out. You never know what we're going to bring on the show. But, hey, you know what? You have to check us out from 7 to 8 because, you know what? i got to put my kid down right after. So join us 7 p.m. And definitely check us. <laughs> what you think, Fred. All right. Fred. <laughs> Like, dude, you're an idiot. I'm doing very well, Jen. Is it just going to be me and you or Eli and Zach going to pop in? Yeah, they'll talk every once in a while. <laughs> he was already here. Right away. It's kind of what well, we're used to you atta- attacking us, so. Yeah. Sorry. Look at <laughs> Let's just put it this way. Who do you see as the quarterback week one for the Green Bay Packers? I see 